0: Welcome to the season finale of Sisters in Conversation. I'm your host, Develo Mutwani. I'm an attorney by profession and the founder of a platform called Sister in Law, which is a platform dedicated to empowering women through legal education. On today's episode, and to close off the first season of the podcast, I have a student. Her name is Lethla Honolontodi, and she holds a BA, BA Law and English Literature degree from this University where she's also currently pursuing her postgraduate LLB. She's a member of the Golden Key Honor Society and served as a committee member for the period of 2018 to 2019. During her tenure as, a, as the professional development director, she organised a number of events, including a thinker's symposium aimed at discussing youth despondency towards voting. This discussion caught the attention of YFM, where she and a few of her other community members held a debate on air. In her spare time, Little Honolo tutors students through an online tutoring program called Ryezi. She also writes think pieces, and her most recent piece is posted on her blog called The Roundtable with Little Onolo Ntodi. She's considering career prospects in one of the big five law firms with a particular interest in banking and finance. She hopes to cultivate her expertise in this area and eventually become head of legal as well as fulfill her passion of teaching by becoming a lecturer. Lekha welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Ostebelo. I'm so honored to be on the show today.
0: So exciting to have you on the show. Um, And the reason I wanted to... You know, have you have, have a student um, as 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 my final guest for season one? Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. it's, it's been such a
1: long, long. It's been a beautiful journey. journey.
0: <laughs> but yeah, the reason why I thought it would be really good to you know have a senior student like yourself, you say, is that I thought you'd be a nice bridge between um, my younger listeners. You know, um, I, I have I have listeners from 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 as young as grade ten you know, who, who always get sure. in touch with me saying, I've been listening to the podcast. I've been thinking of, you know, pursuing, um, studies, uh, in law and, you know, becoming an attorney. And then I've also had you much older, um, listeners, obviously who are, um, listeners and guests who are seasoned in their careers and seasoned in the profession. So, yeah, I just thought you, you're a very nice crossover bridge. Um, and and I want you to tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are, where you grew up, how many siblings you have, and why you decided to study law.
1: So Le Tlokhonolo is um, from Soweto. I live in Soweto, Rockville. I have three siblings, two sisters, and one brother. Um, I grew up with my grandmother. She's the one who, well, I didn't grow up with her, but she raised me. Um, right here in Soweto. I went to school in Aldo's and went to high school at Sir John Adamson High School. Um, initially, law wasn't my first choice. I wanted to be a forensic pathologist because I thought I'd make a great um, investigator trying to find out for why somebody was killed mm-hmm. and how they were killed. And I thought, wow, this is definitely something that I want to do until I had a conversation with a friend of mine in grade 10 who said to me, I get that you want to um, speak for the dead, but I think you'd be much better speaking for the living because Mm. you're always advocating for people's rights in class and you love writing and you've got the gift of the gab. So I don't see you um, tapping into your fullest potential as a forensic pathologist. Mm. So I did my research from then on and I found that the law ticked many of the conventional boxes that we think lawyers fit into. I'm Mm, a great speaker. mm, I write mm. well. I'm confident in front of people. I'm very um, passionate about robust debates. Uh, Mm. I have a bit of a political edge. So I was like, this is definitely the degree for me. So I applied to Vids, and here we are today. And I, I am definitely in love with the choice that I made. This is definitely the right choice for me.
0: Okay, lovely, lovely. And um, how was the application process for you? Did, you? did you apply in grade 11 or were you in matric? Do you sort of remember some of the you know, hoops you had to go through? You know, if there's just like a, a, a listener who's getting ready to apply for, for, um, for, for their university studies. Can you just tell us a little bit about that
1: process? So I applied in grade 11 with my grade 11 results um the process was very difficult for me particularly because i wasn't very um technologically savvy but thankfully i had an educator in um, grade 11 who assisted me with my application process and made sure that i had all my documents in order for applying for um, varsity I, I then had to wait obviously for the provisional acceptance and then use my matric results to apply and um the only difficult thing about the application process for me was writing the NBTs because those are really tricky, but uh, I had a lot of support in preparing for those and eventually getting accepted into varsity.
0: Okay. Thank you. And would you say there were, you know, looking back, would you say there were subjects which um, you took, which could have sort of prepared you for, for studying law or, 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 did it not make a difference, the subjects you did in high school versus the first few years of, of, of your degree?
1: Definitely. I think the one subject that I took, um, which was maths, pure maths, I think I could have done without pure maths, but because in high school there is this sort of conditioning that you have to do pure maths in order to get into varsity, warranted for certain degrees. But for law, I think I could have done without it because I think it affected my APS score. The one subject that I think is pivotal when you're doing a law degree is English. Or everything else that you're going to learn um, in the degree is nothing that you're familiar with at all. So I would definitely have reviewed taking pure maths as a subject because I think it did me a disservice in terms of my APS score um, and being confident about applying not only for varsity, but also for bursary programs, you know. Mm -mm. Uh, Yeah. And,
0: you know, now that you're on the topic of bursaries, do you remember how many um, bursaries you applied for and were you successful in any one of them?
1: So um, the first thing that I would like to say on the subject of bursaries, particularly to the younger listeners, is that please apply as soon as possible when you have the average that is required apply as soon as possible even if your average is a little bit lower apply 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 i did myself a great disservice by by not applying in matric um, going into varsity because i think from early on we have the imposter syndrome telling us there are people who have better marks who are more deserving of this bursary i only started i only started applying for bursaries in second year I was successful in all my applications um, of um, bursary applying, and I just had to choose one. Um, And thankfully, I did choose one, and I got two. So Mm. I would just like everybody to please apply, apply, apply. And the application process is really not difficult if you've got all your marks, all your certified documents, and you send them through, and the rest will just unfold for itself.
0: Mm-hmm. I really like that you touched on the you know issue of of imposter syndrome, um especially when it comes to you know being being you know fairly younger. We often speak about it um in the context of you know women in the work workspace and forgetting that in high school as well you 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 tend to doubt yourself and doubt your abilities or or capabilities or competency rather and I think it's very important that you've touched on that because I remember as well in high school there were times when I'd be like, oh no, I won't do this because ABC or oh no, I know I won't become a prefect. And then you, you know, take your chances doubting yourself. And then you do end up, you know, becoming a prefect or or qualifying for the A team or whatever the the case is. So thank you for touching on that. Very, very important. Thank you, Stebello. Yeah, and then um, how was your transition from you know high school, like matric? um, You know, in matric, you there's this like newfound level of confidence where we literally think we own the world, and then we get into varsity and we're little again. But not only are we little again, but you know, there's so many other pressures that come that come with the university environment pressures uh from from peers from studies it's 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 a, it's a whole new ball game how was how was that environment for you and what were some of the challenges that you faced and how did you overcome them
1: so when i first got to varsity first year um it was very difficult I felt it was firstly a great culture shock. I think because of the number of people that you are surrounded by in varsity, you don't you no longer have a class of about twenty five people. Mm. You are five hundred people and more in a lecture. Mm. the The challenge that I had mostly was just adjusting to the shift in time because even though I, I had always been um, traveling to school and coming home, the the time was not. I didn't spend too much time on campus, or I mean, at, high, or at school, as opposed to when you're at campus where class starts at eight and on some days it ends at four. Mm. So juggling that kind of time as well as trying to balance my studies was really, really difficult for me in first year. As, as well as the language in varsity, the language in varsity is very different. Mm. You, you hear very unfamiliar terms like unpack, words like semantics. So I think there's a lot of pre- preparedness that is required from high school level when you um, transition into varsity, because everything is completely new. Mm. Um, Overcoming the challenge of time, I just had to wake up a little later and spend, I mean, wake up a little earlier Mm. and spend a bit more time on campus. So I'd leave my house very early and I would leave campus at around seven o'clock after having studied because I, I, I've never lived on campus. I've always been traveling from home to school. Um, so that kind of transition was very difficult for me. But I just had to manage my time and realize that we all have the same 24 hours. It's just how we maneuver around it, depending on the circumstances that we each have. Mm mm-hmm. okay and how important would you say you know orientation
0: week is i i i i don't remember if i attended mine but <laughs> you know um how important would you say that is
1: I attended my orientation week. I think it was part part and parcel of the excitement of just being in varsity. Mm-hmm. But I think it's very important to attend orientation week because you get to learn important information like how to use library um, information and how to acquire books from the library because it's it, it had already transitioned into an altogether online um, process. You'd need to go online and um, check the book that you want and then check which library has it on campus. So that's the kind of information that you, you get. You also get information such as we have an on-campus clinic so that if you're ill, you can go down and... Um, get to the clinic and get some services the second the third thing is getting to know varsity because it is it's so big there you get lost really easily so during orientation week you get to know that there are different buildings and if you have your lectures in those buildings orientation week prepares you to know which buildings they are where they are so that you're not lost and like getting to varsity on the first day and having to figure out where B building is whereas had you been there before you would know um, where the different buildings are. And I think it's just important to get to know people during orientation week. All of you are new. or This is, all, this is a new experience for everybody. So if you go there and you acclimatize yourself to other people and you, you learn their names, you'll find familiar faces on the first day of varsity. You'll catch a few coffees. You'll spark a friendship. And then um, varsity transition will be much easier than when you're all by yourself.
0: Thank you. I love that. Um, I I especially love the part about networking. I think I'm a networking junkie, so (laughs) definitely would have. um, I should have reconsidered and attended orientation for that very purpose. But um, also because I generally really like to encourage people to make as as many friends or as many contacts as possible at varsity level, because. Ten years later, some of the people you know I met in university are still very relevant in my life um, across across industries you know you don 't just like become friends with with people studying law, but ten years later, people across industries are still very, very good connections for me, so I absolutely love that um, piece of advice and then um, you know now you, can you can you just take us through varsity life as a whole? What were some of the challenges that you faced, the biggest challenges um, as a collective? I don't know how early in your studies you were during Fees Must Fall, but if that was one of the challenges that you faced, um, how did you overcome that? And you are now literally in the middle of a pandemic And you've also got another entire movement of Black Lives Matter and there's you know, gender based. There's just so much going on. Like, can you just tell us a bit about your early varsity life and the challenges that you're facing today from from the big uh, major changes that I've just touched on?
1: So, unfortunately, um, I went to, I started varsity a year after the Fees Must Fall movement. Mm -hmm. I felt extremely robbed because I feel like it was such a revolutionary time, Mm -hmm. not only for Vids University, but all the universities in South Africa. for youth, yeah. But for youth in general. Mm-hmm. And the ripple effects of Fees Must Fall are still very prevalent um, yes. at because yes. um, there are movements all the time on campus and protests that are, are still echoing what the Fees Must Fall movement mm-hmm. started. And um, to be part of that and to be aware that there are so many challenges that are going on at varsity is very important. We need to be very engaged in the plights of not only our fellow students, but there are plights that affect us, particularly as the young Black youth. Mm. Um, So for me, one of the challenges of being in varsity has a lot to do with the fees must fall movement. Because at the beginning of the year, that fee that you pay for registration is so high that when it's difficult for you to apply because you wouldn't have um, paid up the entire fee, you'd have to go to the fees office and sort of perform your poverty to convince them that you are still deserving of a degree, even though you fell short of your fees, or even though you can't meet um, the the fee it. requirement to get in. Mm. So those are still very palpable issues that we're dealing with um, across varsities. Another challenge that I face during varsity is um, the race dynamic. Um, even if uh, the racism, I haven't uh, experienced very overt racism mm. um, being directed towards me, but the institutional racism is still very, it's still mm-hmm. very prevalent. It's yeah. this cloud amongst us that we really can't seem to escape. Um, and uh, wh- I have I have a personal incident where in first year I was in a in a tat room with a tutor, and we were having a conversation, and she was learning our names, and she said. Um, My name is particularly long. um, And she said to myself and another um, fellow black student with a really long name, she asked us, why do your parents have to give you such difficult names? Thinking back at that incident, I can't believe that somebody would actually think that my parents should have them in mind in order to name me just because you are of a different race. Mm -hmm. It just entrenches to you the kind of entitlement Mm -hmm. um, and kind of institutional racism that there is um, in the structure that even your name Mm -hmm. is too transgressive to be in that space. So those are still the kinds of challenges that we have to deal with on a daily basis and you have to tell them that this is your name, your identity and that they need to articulate it as well as you would articulate Van der Vesthazen. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. That's something that we need to learn as black people. I, I see it so often that you change your name when you get there to Bonolo, instead of saying, my name is Bonolo. Mm. Um, and that those are still the challenges that we are facing. And in terms of the pandemic It's been really difficult transitioning from um, contact learning to online learning. I think I had conditioned myself to believe that I was a very lecture dependent yeah, student yeah, yeah. Um, that I needed the kind of stimulus that you get in a lecture with the lecture asking questions, a colleague answering a question that you wouldn't have answered in the way that they would answer. So that sort of perspective refining element of lecturing. Until I figured that you really can adjust and adapt and you really can do things by yourself as long as you've got um, contacts in your classroom. This is why it's important to have contacts in your classroom because now more than ever, we are each other's life source. If you're not understanding a question, you can literally pick up the phone and call somebody and they can address the matter for you. And you can just move along like that. So I think that has been difficult, just the transition in general, as well as being a creature of habit and um, somebody who is so obsessed with routine, Mm. that threw me off. But after I figured that, you know what, I need to adapt and keep it moving I started keeping it moving and speaking to my fellow classmates about it. Hmm. Yeah. So, um,
0: you know, can you just also tell us a little bit about, um, you know, you, you, you did a BA uh, law degree, correct? Yes. Also, you busy yes. with? Was there a specific reason you chose this route instead of just um, doing a pure LLB?
1: So when I applied at WITS, um, they had phased out their straight LLB. Okay. And um, they had phased that out because of the recommendations that were made regarding the curriculum then. So when I got to Vits, they only had the BA law or the BCom law option. Okay. And I got into BA law because maths wasn't a strong suit, so I wouldn't have made it into BCom mm. law. And I think having this degree... Um, has really just changed my perspective on the law in general. I think if I had just done an LLB, I wouldn't have such a refined perspective, Um, particularly having done English literature. I think that course really taught me how to be conscious of people's lived experiences, you know, um, which is, I think, is a, a very critical skill to have in the law when you do, because you'll be Um, coming across many people from diverse range of backgrounds Mm -hmm. you need to be able to be um, human with them and be able to reason with them and see them for their life experience and Mm -hmm. how you can really inform that with your perspective in the law so I really think it was it was the best decision that I ever could have made because um, I got some time to really explore other courses before um, being definitive about whether or not I should apply for a postgraduate LLB
0: Okay. All right. Wonderful. Then just like looking back on, on your previous years and um and where you are now, is there a particular committee or um membership or club that you wish you would have joined to supplement your 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 career, yeah, I suppose your varsity experience, let me say?
1: I think I would have benefited a great deal from Participating with the Vits Debating Union, I really feel like I would have um, enjoyed that because I think I really enjoy speaking, and I think it's one of the greatest skills you can have as a lawyer. Mm. So I think having joined, if I had joined that committee, I would have really explored my acumen of speaking even more than I um, than I have right now. I really wish I had done so, but I also knew that. T- Time and transport really weren't on my side then. So choosing those options wasn't really easy for me under the circumstances that I was living under. Mm-hmm. I had planned to join the VITS debating union this year, mm-hmm. and then the pandemic just stole everything away from yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, okay, interesting. And then um, you know, at the end
0: of your bio, you speak about your prospects. Um, you know, in 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 one of the big five law firms, let's speak about application, the application process. How did that go for you? Um, How many interviews have you been able to secure? Have you secured articles? When in your varsity career did you start applying?
1: I started applying for articles and VAC work in second year of varsity. um, And I went to three interviews then, And each interview um, process ended with the panel informing me that they didn't quite think that I was ready um, and that maybe I should just go on to Varsity for for another year and then they'd call me back. And all of the firms that I'd gone to did call me back um, for a Another interview run, and I think that was in third year, which is last year for me. And that was the longest round of interviews that I had between the month of August and October, because I just kept going to interviews. Mm. Um, and I managed to secure articles in October of last year at one of the big five law firms. But well. the the application process was really difficult for me because again I had a visitation of the imposter syndrome. Am I going to make it into the big five law firm? Mm -hmm. How will I be received when I get there? And those were just some of the issues that I had to work through before the interview. So I'd have a very helpful network of people who would help me with mock interviews so that I was prepared. So I'd really advise people to ask people to help them with mock interviews so that when you get there, at least you've got a gist of what to expect when you go into the interview itself. Mm-hmm. um the interview process was a little bit of a culture shock because it is you this little student and you're being interviewed by these directors yes. who some most of the time are of the other race mm-hmm. and are male mm-hmm. and your fellow um of interviewees are also of the other race so you feel very small when you go in there but you realize that you you are a a, 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 a very important candidate and you were chosen for a reason as the interview mm-hmm. process goes. So I think the, the application process is, is is fairly seamless because it's online, but it is the courage that you must cultivate for the interview process that you are worthy and mm-hmm. that you are deserving of the space that you are in. Mm-hmm. And if there is a listener listening to this um, um, a podcast who is going for an interview or has prospects of having an interview um, soon, you are chosen by merit. That mm-hmm. is something that I would have told myself um, before my interviews. That I am chosen by merit and not by quota. It mm-hmm. is it is that mentality that people um, that these firms also have a BEE quota to fill. Mm-hmm. But I think it is of great disservice if you feel like you are there because you are a quota. Mm-hmm. No, you are chosen because you 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 have the merit to be there. And once your marks have gotten you through the door, it is your persona that will then convince everybody just how deserving that you Mm. are. Mm. Mm. Yes.
0: Very important. Very important. Thank you for sharing just, you know, how intimidating and um, grueling that entire process can be. But I mean, you literally made it. Congratulations on on your appointment. I have no doubt that um, your contributions to the legal profession will be invaluable when the time comes. And in in, in the process, you spoke about how you had a strong network of people who would assist you with mock interviews and whatnot. How important has some of the connections and friendships you've built in varsity been um, to to your varsity life and just to, to your life? in general, you know, you know, have you, have you had good friendships or has there been friendships where you've had to let them go because they just weren't good for your studies, they weren't good for um, your mental health and so forth?
1: There have definitely been great friendships that um, I think I've really been blessed with the kinds of friends who do not mind getting your name into certain rooms, um who do not mind ensuring that you are recognized for whatever skill that you possess. Mm-hmm. So I've had friends who are very, um, um, who really are empowering from varsity level already. I've made connections with other students who have seen me as somebody that they can direct an opportunity to if it comes to their attention. And friends who, uh, particularly during lockdown, who have really just um, made sure that I cultivate my mental health and help me balance my studies as well. So making friendships and connections at varsity level is very important because you don't even know how far this person could get you. But of course there have been friendships that I've had to let go because of maybe a personality clash that is always such a real thing or also a a belief system clash because many people are very attuned to their belief systems and if you you come with a different understanding they sort of um become very rejectionist towards you so there are those friendships that i've had to let go of as well so i think especially on this topic of friendships it's it's a learning process because we are all very enthusiastic people when we start to get to know people but um, sometimes those will be short-winded and you just take the lessons that you got from the interaction with that particular person and you run with them um, and you call Cultivate other relationships that could be potentially growing to you.
0: Sure, hundred percent, very important. Thank you, thank you for that. Then, um, just to end off the show, you uh, you um, are looking to you have a particular interest in banking and finance. How did you get there? And um, are you you know from some from some of the interviews that you may have listened to, to some of the guests on the show? You, 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 you are sort of like aware that there's, especially at these big five law firms, that there's rotations. um, Are you open to, you know, hopefully landing on another interest? But yeah, why, why banking and finance?
1: So I've always had a very huge interest w- um, when it comes to money and financial literacy. And I think with banking and finance, particularly in a big five setting, it's the closest that I'll come to cultivating and growing that interest for myself. And with one of the guests who really made me fall even deeper in love with banking and finance was um, the Mpochipati interview that you had. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is it. Um, and I am very interested in landing um, a different interest altogether, which is mergers and acquisitions, um, because uh, I did have some exposure to a mergers and acquisitions um, um, department when I did VAC work earlier in first year.
0: Mm -hmm. so
1: um, my banking and finance interest grows from the fact that I really do love the the banking system and I think um, as um, we progress technologically the banking system is going to grow more and more nuanced and uh, with the development of businesses and apps there's going to be a a very big relationship between money and lending so that is why I'm particularly interested in banking and finance but definitely a a different um, um, sort of department would be something I'm open to. I think one of the lessons that I've taken from listening to all the podcast interviews um, under the sisters in conversation is that you could find yourself in a place that is completely different and Mm -hmm. fall completely in love with it. Mm -hmm. And that is something that this podcast has really um, taught me not to be myopic in the view of my career, Mm -hmm. that there are possibilities in even um the, 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 the kind of spaces that you wouldn't even think of a lawyer to be in. The one interview that sticks out for me is the interview um with the lady who ha who heads the head of synchronization at Netflix. Yes. I was mind blown by that interview. Like there is actually something like head of synchronization mm. at Netflix by a, a mm. lawyer. At, at at Sony, but she's also at, done um work
0: for Netflix in the past yes. for like She's done transactions on behalf of Netflix. That was my understanding, but don't worry, I'll listen again. But yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So that was very interesting for me, very mind-blowing. So I've, although I do have a really strong interest in banking and finance, I'm very open to the to the understanding that my career could go in any direction and I could really fall in love with any stream of the law that I might find myself landing into. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, um, I'm, I'm very, very big on being intentional about the kind of life that you want and being deliberate. So um, it's definitely not imp- impossible. The world is your oyster and there are so many opportunities that, you know, your qualification will be, op- a- be able to open up for you in any event. Um, I have no doubt that you'll be successful with wherever you find yourself in, in the legal profession or in any other profession for that matter. Um, we've definitely heard stories of people who um, do their articles and then after articles, they decide, actually, this isn't for me. And then they end up, you know, being chefs or, you know, being, being fashion directors somewhere. So, you know, in any, in any profession that you end up finding yourself in, I have no doubt that you will fully immerse yourself in it.
1: Thank you so much, Velo. Thank you. I really appreciate that yeah, then, um in closing,
0: is there anything that you know i I haven't touched on that you really you know is pressing that you'd like to share with other people um any any last gems that you'd like to share with people who are your age or even slightly younger? Um, just the closing remark that 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 you'd like to touch on.
1: My closing remark would have to be that. I would really just like to urge, particularly the younger listeners, to use their voices. Use your voice um, to be as transformative as you can be, Mm. because at the end of the day, what we do have is our voices. Um, We need to cultivate a spirit that your generation has started, Ostevello, of conversation creation around pressing issues and how we can get around those pressing issues. Because at the end of the day, we are the ones who are going to be advocating for the greater changes that will be affecting us. So we need to start using our voices and start cultivating um, a culture of speaking and opening up rooms where we can have these conversations. And I really think it will all start with us believing that we are worthy of using our voices and that Mm. those voices will catapult us into um, a greater kind of um, understanding of who we are firstly and what we can do in the world. So I always advocate for people to really use their voices and their opinions because your opinion could literally be life-changing to somebody or perspective refining to somebody else. And we are all living in a world where our perspectives need to be ch- shifted and changed and just um, informed better because yeah. we can't all live in a world where our opinions are what we live by. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. 100%. Thank you so much for sharing. Little on it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. It's been a pleasure knowing you actually, you know, in general. I think you are the kindest person I've ever come across. Very, very authentic, very, very true to yourself. And I always say, when you're true to yourself and with yourself, it always shines through. And um, I, don't, I don't feel like I've, I've known two different people on and offline. I mean, the, the, the few um, personal interactions that I've had with you offline are as consistent as the ones that I've had with you online. Thank you for being an example of what, it is, um, what it's like to be your authentic self.
1: Thank you so much, Ostebello, and thank you to you for the platform that you have created um, for us to be following and to be inspired by. You are the embodiment of woman empowerment. And I don't think um, I would be where I am, particularly with my understanding of firstly womanhood and the, cap- and the capability of being a woman, as well as in the law, that I would have had I not been following you from the onslaught of the sister-in-law po- um, platform. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much for enabling me to grow um in leaps and bounds as a woman and also in as somebody with career prospects in the law thank you thank you i have no doubt that in season ten of the podcast, you,
0: you will be an admitted attorney, or you know, we, we there will definitely be a follow up to this, like where are where are they now? Type of um, yes. season where where I catch up with everybody from the first season. So I think this is going to serve as a very 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 good um, stamp or reminder to show you how far you've come, you know, since since the interview in twenty twenty during a pandemic. I can't wait for, for, for that follow-up interview a few years from now. I can't wait either. From your mouth to God's ears. Yes. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for your time, Leferonola. Enjoy the rest of the and have a blessed day
1: further. Thank you, Ustib, likewise. Bye. Bye.